we doing this? Really? Wait for it. Are we doing this? Wait for it. Ow! What the fuck? WTF. And it's also, eh, what the fuck? What's wrong with me? It's time for WTF. What the fuck? With Mark Marin. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fucksters? And what the fuckalos? What the fuck tuckians? Yes. I am Mark Marin. This is WTF. That is all the names I'm going to do today. How is everybody? I know my voice sounds weird. I know. I, I did something to it. You know, it's my livelihood. You shouldn't fuck it up, but I did. I fucked up my voice. I'll get into that in just, in, in just a second. Let's get to some business. First of all, Portland. Wait, first of all, well, this kind of ties into Portland. I believe he lives in Portland occasionally. James Mercer of the band The Shins is on the show today, and they're starting their big tour, I believe. The Port of Morrow album is out now, and they just uh, started their North American tour. You can go to theshins.com to find that stuff. You can also just continue listening to this show to hear an acoustic live garage version of Simple Song, which is on the new album. James hung out, played it right here in the garage, right over there. The Cat Ranch, what would what would we call those? Can we call those the Cat Ranch bootlegs? I think we can. I'm going to go with it. What else is going on? If you're in Los Angeles and you'd like to see me and some other great comics and do something good for an amazing organization, uh, Public Citizen is the organization. They do all kinds of good things all over the place. You want to learn more about them? You can go to citizen.org and you can also get tickets to this show I'm doing on Sunday, April 29th with uh, Ray Romano, Dana Gould, Wendy Liebman, Rick Overton, Eric Rivera, Morgan Murphy. Big night. That's right here in Beverly Hills at the WGA Theater, 6.30. Wow, that's early. Okay, well, you know, sometimes the older people, Sunday night, eh, that's the way it goes. Go to citizen.org for information on that. That should be fun. I'll be in Austin, Texas this week at the Moon Tower Comedy Festival, Thursday night at the Mohawk, and I'm back on the agenda for Friday and Saturday. I'm not sure when those gigs are. I think I might be doing a writer's thing with... uh, Moshe Kasher, not sure about that either. May 3rd in Phoenix at Stand Up Live. Please come. That's going to be fun. That's a great room I hear. I'm excited. I'll be there for one night only if you're in the Phoenix area. Come out. Go to Stand Up Live. Go to the website. Find the website. Go to my website, WTFPod.com, for information on any of these gigs. Also, quickly, this is the last day. I'm sorry I'm doing all this. This stuff has to be done. This is the last day you can pre-order the first 100 episodes of WTF in MP3 files on a two DVD set with a live WTF video also included in that box. Beautiful box set. Uh, that's available through you. And, th- and that live WTF, is with, it's the one with Ira Glass and Artie Lang. Uh, you get the video of that. When are those two ever going to be on stage together again? You can get that at astrecords.com slash WTF. This is the last day for pre-orders and they are going fast. It goes on sale this week. Now, moving on, Portland. Thank you. Wow, great shows. Five shows in Portland. Amazing. I I had a good time there. I'm starting to figure Portland out. It's a very tolerant city. I don't like the word tolerance because to me, tolerance means uh, intentional, uh, dealable repression. Hey, we can live with this and it's the right thing to do. It's also a little, not prude, but a little uh, politically correct. I could feel it in the audience, but we got through it. We got through that politeness. It's very interesting, man, because Portland, what I figured out about Portland is that, yeah, they keep it weird and they push the envelope of weird and alternative lifestyle and kind of do your own thing, but they also really take 
they push the limits of plain too. There's some aggressively plain people. There are people there that, that are just the human equivalent of, of tree bark or stones in a park. Just uh, sensible shoes, almost invisible to the to the eye, almost invisible to the American consumer-driven eye, the plain people of Portland, but lovely people. Hey, who needs makeup when right across the street you've got a guy with magenta hair and large discs in his ears, perhaps pierced nipples, you know, covered in tattoos except for the tip of his nose. Hey, you got to counteract that somehow. There's got to be two sides to that yin and yang. So I had a great time in Portland. I did lose my voice, though. And as some of you know who follow me on Twitter, uh, my cat Boomer lost his voice, too. My cat Boomer actually lost his voice before me. I should have taken it as an omen. It's a weird thing when you have a cat. You know Boomer. I can barely get him to meow in here. And also, someone asked me about the other two cats, Monkey and LaFonda. Fine. They're great. All the cats are just great. I appreciate you asking. But Boomer, who has a very raspy meow, like, meow, like that, the other day, last week, all of a sudden he can't meow. His meow stuck in his throat. And no, this isn't the beginning of a children's story. But that's one of those things where you're like, wow, should I bring him to the vet? And then I put it off. I'm like, he'll be okay. Let's see if his meow comes back. This should be a children's story. Can I pitch this? Is there a publisher out there? Could we do a, a book called The the Boomer Lost His Meow? Something like that. I don't know. Meow, flesh it out. You know, just uh, get back to me. So... Of course, the day that I'm supposed to go to Portland, I got a million fucking things to do. I'm exhausted, and I decide, shit, I better Google this, Google the uh, Google the losing of the meow, and of course, when you Google anything health-related, it could be nothing, could be cancer. You, you, If you spend enough time, that's the arc. That's the range. Actually, that's anything on the internet. Could be nothing, could be cancer. So I take him to the vet, and of course, the vet you know, gets him to open his mouth, which I can't. It's an infected mess because I don't, I don't have his teeth cleaned. So now all of a sudden I'm at the vet. Yeah, okay, we'll do the teeth cleaning. Okay, yeah, I'll pay for extractions. Yeah, okay, you're going to have to shoot him up with cortisone. Right. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with the undercoat and the rust proofing. Hey, wait a minute. That, that's an extra. Sometimes you don't know, but all I know is we got Boomer back, and now his meow is back to pre-raspy meow, pre-me ever knowing him. He's meowing like a fucking champ. Meanwhile, my voice is fucked, and I don't even have health insurance. I should have had the vet look at my throat. I don't think that's out of line in the day and age we live in now. My health insurance lapsed. I don't even know how it lapsed. Yeah, I do. I was on Cobra. Is that some sort of racket? Do you even understand your health insurance? So now I didn't pay my Cobra for a month because I was on the road and they and they deviously stopped sending me invoices and I got 30 days behind and they just dropped me. And all of a sudden I'm an old guy with no health insurance. Okay, I'm not an old guy. I'm a middle-aged guy with no health insurance. And you know what? I don't know how to, I don't even know how to buy health insurance. I've always been had union coverage through whatever was I was making money in at the time. And now I'm without health insurance. I had to go shop for health insurance. So I go to Kaiser and I had to fill out the application at Kaiser because it's all under one roof. That seemed attractive to me. Have you ever read a health insurance application? All of the diseases that you could potentially have, it was like a menu at the Cafe Hypochondria. Look at all these possibilities of things I could be dying of, but I'm not, so I'll check no, yet. I didn't put that in. I didn't check no and then go dot, 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 yet. I didn't do that. So now I'm waiting to hear if I can get a health insurance. I should have had the vet look in my throat. They basically know, right? They know basically a body, right? Is that weird? I wonder if that's happening. I wonder if people are going to the vet and they don't have health insurance. They're like, hey, could you just check me out? You know anything about the prostate? I know this is awkward and I'm a larger animal than you're used to, but it's basically the same thing. Am I right? So you're asking, how did I lose my voice? I'll tell you how I lost my voice. Uh, Jessica and I got into a fight. Now, let me try to remember what it was about. I think it was because she said something and I apparently was hypersensitive and immediately reacted in an 
uh, completely out of line, aggressive way. I misunderstood something. And according to her, then dumped all of my anger on her because I'm overwhelmed, frustrated, and very busy. And she said, you're just taking it out on me. And then we started arguing about whether or not I was taking out at her. And when I yell, I go right to massive yelling. So now me and Boomer have lost our meow. But I'm still fucked up. So what I learned here is that I'm getting older. And uh, if I play softball and I don't stretch, I pull a hamstring. If I, uh, if I go running and I don't warm up properly, uh, my feet hurt. So now it's the same with yelling. Clearly, I have to do some vocal warm-ups if I'm about to scream. La, 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 fuck. La, 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 fuck you. La, mm, fuck. Okay, baby, let's do this. My idea of a tour manager, because I'm not a musician, is always uh, Tony Hendra and uh, Spinal Tap. Just someone who goes in and kicks ass. a cricket bat. Yeah. Right. Is that what that is? He is a bit of that guy. (laughs) Yep. What what is his job? Um, You know, to manage the... Like to say, these aren't the rooms we ordered. Where's his monitor? (laughs) He does stuff like that. Yeah. (laughs) And, And just like... I think the other night we he showed up early to the hotel and he said it was loud, so he made sure my room was on the other side of the building. Uh huh. Nice things like that. Now, when when it comes to the other guys in the shins, where are they at? Um, well, there's a lot of other guys in the shins. You're the leader. Yeah. So lately, um, you know, I've added a bunch of people basically. Yeah. And um, so you know, I got people living in Seattle who are in the shins, uh, and they can say that even if they're what? Do you hire people for a song or for a record or for? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Oh, um, are there like thirty people? They're like, yeah, I'm in the shins. <laughs> you too? Yeah. I'm in the shins too. <laughs> um, well, I so what we got is I've got a, the original band that I uh, played with for quite a while. And there's, there's four of you or five. How many? Uh, it was originally four. Well, yeah. originally it was uh, just me recording in a bedroom, you know, doing records. Really? Yeah. And then uh, to play live, um, well, then doing drums, I added drums, then that was Jesse, yeah. a guy named Jesse. Then we then we started playing shows as a two-piece. Really? Yeah. And just did a that drummer and you and, a year and, so. and some sort of uh, box that makes other noises? No, it was me on guitar singing and then a drummer. And that was it? Yeah, back in the 90s. With brushes? Or was no, he playing, he was playing full, full on. on. <laughs> I had an amp, yeah. <laughs> so I was keeping up. Uh huh. Um, so that was for a while. We I remember we opened up for Chibo Mato, which uh-huh. was a, a band about town. In the I remember them. Yeah. Let me uh, introduce you somehow. My uh, guest is James Mercer of the Shins, um, and uh, and now I'm going to learn about music mm-hmm. because I, you know, clearly I, I I had aspirations at some point. I mean, I have guitars. Yeah, and good is guitars. It, you this one? You play one of these, or you play? I do. Yeah. You play a Les Paul Jr. a TV Junior? Yeah. No kidding. I have one of those. <laughs> but you probably have a real one. This was a no, reissue. You I got have the re- a reissue, yeah. They're good, right? Yeah, it's great. I, I mean, switched out the pickup with sort of a... With what? Um, this yeah. isn't a PAF, but this is something similar, right? Or it's yeah. like a, just I mean, it's a, a P90 or something. P90, right. right. Yeah. And it, you can make... It sounds real dirty real quick. That's the thing that's nice. Yeah. I like that, yeah. Yeah. All right, so let's go back... To uh, the idea that, like, I like the idea that you know, there's because of technology, there was a point where you were your own band, and then all of a sudden it got popular, and you're like, "Fuck, I, you know, in order yeah. to make money, I got to go play shows." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and that was, and then you know, Dave Hernandez, who was the lead singer of like of the biggest band in Albuquerque, 
was like, let me play bass for you. What band? Uh, he was in a band called Scared of Chaka. Which you know, I grew punk, up in Albuquerque. Punk band. That's Yeah, I heard that. That's cool. Yeah, but you know, there's a big age difference with us. Yeah. Like, how old are you? I'm 41. Well, it's not that big. Uh, I'm 48, and yeah. uh, I went to Highland High School. Mm. Where'd you go? I went to one year at El Dorado, and then I moved to England. Oh, really? My dad was Air Force. That's why we were there. So How long were I you was, in Albuquerque? I was middle school, yeah, and then one year of high school. Where'd you go to middle Dorado. school? Uh, Eisenhower. Uh huh. And then I moved away to England and graduated high school and then came back and went to UNM from, until it petered out on me. Oh, so you were there. <laughs> okay. Well, that's, I, it's wild to sh- have this shared landscape. Yeah. Because when I was growing up, there was, there was definitely a music scene there, but I don't, you probably, there was a band that everyone thought was going to happen called The Mutts. Yeah. You remember right. them? I, I, I remember their posters and stuff right. being all over. Yeah. 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 And I then mean, there was the, the, there was a band that I like called the Broadway Elks. They were sort of a blues outfit, but cool. like I don't remember much music there. Right. I mean, there was a lot of heavy, like punk stuff that yeah. was kind of the staple. Right. And what year are we talking? I mean, so I moved back in '89 and left right before September 11th happened. Okay. So all the '90s, I was I was you were there, Albuquerque. Yeah. Like I like I spent my life at Frontier Restaurant. Yeah, I love. Uh, yeah, me yeah, too. Right? I was there. Do you, many hours. Do you remember the Living Batch bookstore? Yeah, that dude, that that dude right up there in that picture with the beard, Gus Blaisdell. Uh-huh. He used to own the Living Batch. Very oh, important okay. in my life. That whole area yeah. was very important. Yeah. Did it? it how? Did, so you found this dude who was singing in a punk band, Hernandez. Hernandez. Yeah. Who was? We were friends with them. We'd play shows with them and stuff. Yeah. Um. And yeah so he he joined up in the band and what was the band and then he moved that? away pretty quickly we yeah. were called the shins what know? was the band before that flake yeah it was it was a different concept like, in a way yeah but shins shins fanatics are probably like oh, have you heard flake yeah sometimes i hear i hear some stuff like that on the internet what was flake uh flake was a you know we really would just get a case of beer and go into the basement and just start jamming and put together songs together yeah. like that you know? right a lot of fun right and good friends of mine you what know? was the style basically you know it was kind of whatever we were into at the time mm-hmm. so early on we uh were doing dinosaur junior type right type stuff noisy pretty loud and noisy yeah um and guy you know super chunk and yeah, pavement yeah. I got and, a bunch of super chunk stuff here yeah the guys over at merge yeah 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 yeah, and then when'd you get so uh, so fucking lyrical and orchestrated? And well, I think so. We're we're doing all that stuff, and yeah. I start to get. I started to get into sort of more classic songwriting stuff. Um, what was the inspiration? I started listening to oldies. Like what? Like um, Wilson Pickett and um, oh, really? Just R and B stuff? Well, just anything that was on the oldies station in Albuquerque, right? KQ one hundred six, one hundred six, right? Yeah, and. Um, so I became sort of fascinated with the stuff. Like I could hear that they were, they were just making really different decisions about the music and how to structure songs and stuff. And I was just curious about it and started to try to do that. Uh-huh. And the Beatles, you know, yeah. were, 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 yeah. were really into Wilson Pickett. And were stuff. they? Well, Wilson Pickett. Yeah. I had no idea. Wilson Pickett's big hit was that. Midnight Hour. Midnight Hour. One. Yeah. Um, the Beatles were into them, huh? Yeah. Well, what do you take from you that? You can because... hear their they bite him, you know, they, they in the early stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Don't Let Me Down. I mean, that's late, but yeah. that's a definitely like a soul ballad. Yeah. And blasted in the way that yeah. Wilson Pickett did. Right. 
Um, but, so, what, but structurally, I see. I don't because I don't like. Yeah, you know, I'm a pretty much a one four five guy. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I got blues based brain. But you know, you guys seem to break it open, and you're orchestrating things that like it's stuff like I haven't heard since I was in high school. I mean, I don't want to draw weird comparisons, but like, do it like Super <laughs> Tramp or uh-huh. like, like <laughs> yeah, somebody was telling me Super Tramp. Yeah, recently, yeah, but but I mean, where do you like? I don't know what you were playing earlier, but I mean, you know, Dinosaur Junior is you know minor chords and it's blasted yeah, out right but like when you start dealing with the beatles they seem to have they they came into something i don't know where that kind of mindset comes from to make pop yeah. decisions that mm. seem like bizarre like they yeah. were the first to sort of do yeah. that right where all of a sudden it's like where did that chord change come from how did right. we evolve into what we're at now is that what you started to feel like uh, i've certainly wanted to make an attempt to do yeah. something more sophisticated i guess yeah i also was I had a bit of an angst being in Albuquerque around so much of an attitude about how everything had to be kind of macho and aggressive in the really? 90s. It really had this thing that had to be that. Oh, the music scene. It, yeah. Or just in general. Everything had to be punk. You yeah. Know? Right. In like punk with like a furrowed brow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And so yeah. I just, I, um, are you, were you an angry guy? I mean, you seem like a fairly. Uh, I, it made me angry. <laughs> You know, it pissed me off. So, so you, you weren't actually mad for the reasons the punks were mad. You were mad that the punks were holding you to their yeah, uh, their standard. The dogma of it. <laughs> the dogma of punk. You yeah. were rebelling against the dogma of punk uh, while they were rebelling <laughs> yeah. against the dogma of everything else. Right, yeah. <laughs> because it really was something, there was a there was a time there in the 90s yeah. where anything melodic at all mm-hmm. was a, it was suspect. Yeah, you, yeah. Know? you pussy. You had a little light in the loafers Yeah, there. yeah. So... So, so that's so weird. You're talking about a scene that was probably four bands. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you know? Now, when you were in the, like, since you grew up in the Air Force, I mean, where did you live? I mean, what were the jumps? Because people that mm-hmm. live that life always have some sort of fucking weird, yeah, like, you I know, it's always, it always involves Germany. Uh-huh. Were you in Germany? I was in Germany. <laughs> Ramstein <laughs> yeah. Air Force Base. It's the biggest, I don't know if it's the biggest air base in the world. Or and something. a lot of people end up in Albuquerque because of Kirkland. Yeah. And then uh, in England, you were also in England. And England, there's a RAF Lake and Heath uh-huh. that does, uh, at the time they were doing F-111s. And oh, they yeah. had bombed, they had bombed Libya. Oh, right. Uh, just before we moved there. Yeah. And uh, there were guys wearing T-shirts that said, Libya, Lake and Heath is bombing your ass. Oh, really? Acronym. Sure. So, yeah. <laughs> That's the type of gung-ho stuff. A lot, a lot of attitude there. <laughs> Where were you born? Uh, born in Hawaii. Oh, really? Yeah. So you... that's Hickam Air Force Base there. Oh, so your dad's career dude. Oh, yeah. Is yeah. he still around? Yeah, he's around. Still Air Force? No, he's retired. He, um, But he still does. What rank did he make? Uh, he was lieutenant colonel. Oh, wow. So he just That's pretty big. Kept on going, yeah. Hawaii man, the colonel. Yeah, did you did you call him that? <laughs> when I'm pissed at him, <laughs> something. Yeah, but that's a lot of fucking discipline. Did he ever expect you to go into the military? No, he didn't. He didn't want me to. Oh really? Yeah. Why? Um, I think he was frustrated with the um, arbitrary nature of how things happen. I mean. You know, it's really a socialist state, the military, and not in a good way. You know right. that that you that you live in when you're in a the military. So whatever the the group decides, you do. Yeah, and yeah. and your life. You know, you live on a base, and it looks like Russia. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, just, right. So you grew up in that kind of like uh, kind of like nice barracks living. 
yeah, exactly. Air Force housing. Yeah, right. And everybody had the same haircut and everyone socialized the same way. But at the same time, because military people are from so many different walks of life, yeah. you know, a lot of people join the military because uh, they got no other way out of the ghetto. Even, sure, you know? sure. And, it's better than jail. You know, and yeah. so you do meet a lot. It's kind of a, uh, a nice mix of people, really. Yeah. When you were in Hawaii, how long were you there? Four years. So you're young. Yeah, I was really a kid. I mean, I left. I was three, I think. But did moved. did you find that this traveling? I mean, uh, as a kid, like what what were your hobbies? I can't imagine changing schools so much. I mean, you know, what kind of kid were you? Withdrawn, draw pictures. Um, <laughs> I was sometimes. I guess I was shy. I was yeah. kind of shy. I got into skating in in uh, middle school, and that kind of was a really good social sort of outlet. Did you do pools for me. and stuff. Uh, no, we didn't have a lot of pools in Albuquerque. We had, uh, ditches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'd skate ditches Down those big concrete night. dishes? The yeah, ones that, yeah. Was there always, were you one of the guys, you must have one guy in your crew that went too high up and came shooting. Some of the I saw a kid jump off of one of the bridges across a ditch just to be a oh, badass shit, and broke his ankles. Oh, God. But just like that type of a kid who's yeah. like, look at me, Yeah, man. Yeah, and there you go. Look at you, we're taking you to the hospital. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because- that wasn't a skating move. Man, no, that was he just, just jumped off a damn bridge. <laughs> well, those ditches, like, I don't think people can really picture them. They're not like little ditches. The ditches in Albuquerque no. are these concrete. They're like, designed they, for skating, is what it looks right, like. And they just got concrete sides, but they're like 50 feet on the bottom. Yeah. And then the, the slants are, you know, they must be 50 feet. You know, and then huge. the whole thing is going downhill. So it's kind of like the, the snowboard half pipe thing that yeah, they yeah, create. Yeah. It's kind of like that. It's all downhill, but it's a, it's a big scoop. Did you ever hurt yourself? Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, so you're a little skate punk. Uh, yeah, you know, I I had a lot of fun doing it. Yeah, that was my scene. So when you were traveling so much, I mean, did you did did it influence your your way of thinking about music at all, or is that just a solitary thing? Um, did you meet dudes? Was uh, well, there a dude that changed your like right. blew your mind outside of a record player? There's a lot of those situations where you know you have a kid hand you a mixtape or something. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I remember this kid, Jason, in England, handing me uh, the Jesus and Mary chain. Right. And this would have been 86. Yeah. And so they were, they hit, 85 was like the psycho candy yeah. time. And he, yeah, he handed me a mixtape of Jesus and Mary chain things. And that was, you know, that was not happening to my friends back in Albuquerque. Yeah. The angry guys. You know, so yeah. I got hit by this, this stuff. And How I old just, were you? That would have been 15. Yeah. Yeah. And that that blew your mind. You're like, oh, there's other things I can it do. It blew my mind because it was it it was uh a little bit it had a kind of a hippie vibe to it. Yeah. You know, there yeah. was something some of the songs almost had a a real jangly guitar thing, but yeah. it was so fuzzed out. Yeah. Um and kind of had this aggressive weird mix to it. Yeah. So yeah, I was stoked. So the first Shins album was something that you did on your own and then redid with the band or um, the first first Shins record was the the first Shins record was me playing everything and then Jesse playing the drums on three of the songs. Right, um, and that was like an EP that we did, and then I did a couple just on my own, um, and then and then I started recording more the acoustic stuff. Yeah. Then I started, you know, about this time also, um, Elephant Six was a record label that was kind of gaining prominence out of Athens, Georgia, uh-huh. I believe. Yeah. And they were doing this real fuzzed out psychedelic pop. Right. Um, 
Neutral Milk Hotel was one of the bands that had a cool song on their label. Yeah. Um, there was another label, Spin Art, that was mm-hmm. doing some cool stuff. So I was hearing that like there were people who kind of had my vibe or something. Sensibility. I, so I start. I was really inspired by that stuff. Yeah. I started to try and take that angle and using my four track and stuff, just trying to figure out sounds and and, and then like New Slang was one of the songs that came up during that time. Right. Yeah. Did Did you? Uh, what instruments do you play with with relative proficiency none i mean (laughs) outside of guitar i mean i play guitar i play guitar okay yeah i'm i'm i can do some stuff but but i mean when you're doing your own mixing were you using drum machines or were you you playing the bass or how were you doing the tracks um yeah i play bass and i play the piano and the keyboards i do all that stuff but when you're recording you can just do it until you get it right right you know yeah but it's so it's bizarre to me because I it's when I listen to your stuff, I mean it's it's a, structurally it's above and beyond, and also the way it's mixed is is it's not you're not doing fuzz shit anymore, right? I mean it's very clean and it's very you know the vocals are beautiful and and it, it seems like all the instruments are 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 varied and 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 subtle and and taking certain chances with with transitions and stuff. I mean it doesn't sound like a guy who doesn't know how to play that well. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> It's all relative. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. I, I now have people around me who are really good. Like Dave Hernandez, for instance, is yeah. a really proficient guitarist. Right. You know, so for me to say that I'm good at guitar while I'm working with him is just silly. So you think He's, your gifts are what? Singing and songwriting for the most part? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I think the the bigger concepts of how the song is put together and stuff is where I'm I'm valuable and then I, I need my friends to help me make it cool. <laughs> make it cool. I'll be Come back on, later. But it, not only is it cool, but it seems like, you know, whatever you're doing, you know, sort of, it stands alone right now. I mean, do you feel that? I mean, because, I mean, I don't, you know, I'm not completely up to speed on a, on a lot of music, but I can't believe that you made the jump from from basically a white stripe setup. Yeah. I mean, what kind of music were you playing with just a drummer? It was real, it was more rock and roll. It right. was more on the sort of garage band oldies right. tip. And so Did yeah, you, it was kind of dang it, dang it, dang it, you know. Oh right, right. So you're you you've taken up all the bass. Yeah, know, and kind of driving kinda, it right. with the guitar. And then, did you do covers? Um, no, we didn't do any covers in Not that one setup. Cover. Not in that setup. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> and then early on, we actually did a uh, we did a cover of uh, "Save a Prayer" by <laughs> Duran Duran. Oh really? Kind of sort of tongue in cheek. Yeah. Thing. So so then you evolve in. So when did you build out the full band? Where did that happen? Uh, that was, it, it's a kind of a convoluted story. But basically, I could say that Modest Mouse, yeah. who was a band that I, we had met on their very first tour, yeah, when I was playing in Flake originally. Did you work Seattle. with Andrew Mouse, or am I making that up? Yeah, I did. That yeah, was yeah, yeah. that was uh, Broken Bells, right? Right. Yep. That thing's fucking great. Cool, man. Yeah. I mean, that thing's fucking great. Thank you. All right, so it wasn't a weird mistake that I just pulled out. Yeah, my it's ass like there. both. Yeah. You're working with both mouses. Yeah. All right, so right. okay, so you're touring with Modest Mouse. <laughs> yeah. So this is early, early on. We will go back to 1996. Yeah. We meet Modest Mouse. Yeah. So I don't know their stuff. I guess I should okay. just admit there's some great shit. Yeah. So yeah, and it's it's really cool stuff. But anyway, so we meet them when they're a huge band now, and we met them. We opened up for them at a at a sandwich shop really chico we were both on our first chico california yeah wow yeah that's a hell gig you know it was kind of crazy (laughs) yeah silly you know Mm -hmm. but um we made that connection and we exchanged records and isaac really fell in love with this 10 inch that that we did flake and um so after shins 
in this transitional stage when I'm really starting to concentrate on this recording project, Shins, we are contacted by Isaac and he wants us to play sh some shows with them, open right. up for them. As Flake? Um, he thought we were Flake still and yeah. we were kind of, we were sort of both Flake and the Shins. I was doing the Shins. So we ended up doing this weird thing where we played some Shin songs and some Flake songs and we opened up for Modest Mouse. And Was there a concern of yours where it's sort of like, well, no, I think the Shins is the future and if we establish ourselves as Flake now... Um, <laughs> I don't recall. Did you I, call yourself the Shinza? Um, yeah, what we did, we did this crazy thing where we would do three songs as the Shins, right? Three songs as Flake, and then Marty had a band too. Our our keyboard and yeah. bass player guy, he had a band called Somersault, and then we'd be Somersault. We had nine songs, so we opened up that way. It was just kind of did kooky. you did you announce each band? Yes. <laughs> did and now we're going to be the shins and we would all change instruments and play three songs and it was the sound the, the sound between flake and the shins is significantly different right well you certainly when the shin stuff would start it would be a little bit influenced by the old r&b thing it yeah, would yeah sort yeah. of sound like oldies stuff yeah you know it was it was the stuff i was into yeah wow and less of a sort of pavement influenced archers of loaf thing so you so um the the pavement influence was because I think you're like whatever evolved sound that you have now is is a little more organized than pavement. Yeah, but that's their that was kind of their whole thing, well, and we fell in love with that. No, it's great. Those, uh, those, yeah, yeah the, which one? Which was the first pavement album? Uh, Slanted, Slanted, and Enchanted. And, yeah, that's fucking. They were all really good. So it could good. all be one record up until the last couple. I think maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Do cool you know stuff. those guys? Um, I know Steve. Yeah, and I know um, Scott. Yeah, yeah. I, I know all those guys actually. Yeah, <laughs> but it was like such a unique sort of loose thing that it felt loose, but you could tell it was really sort of laid down, and, grounded, and brilliant. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. What what about it for you? Was it the songwriting or just the way they dealt with sound? There's great hooky parts. There's yeah, yeah, yeah. Moments of um, uh, there's moments of melodic. You know, yeah. What would you say, beauty? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. lyrical beauty. Yeah, and it's like the lyrics are cool, but it has it had that same fuzzed out, messed up sound that Jesus and Mary Chain had right. that I that I loved. You know, but you seem you've departed from that. Yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, I guess you just you move grow, on to you other interests. All right, so there's a, there's the uh, the 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 modest mouse period. So how did that evolve into you uh, becoming the Shins and, and getting your deal and solidifying and that? So well, we had to open up for a band and do that properly. Yeah. Um, and so that really kind of was the first time that we went out and it was the flake guys basically, but backing me up mm -hmm. as the shins. Right. And so, and then we got signed. By? By Sub Pop. Were they still, they were big. They, well, I guess they they're were still good now. Of, I mean, I think people would say that they were in a kind of a weird time. Post-grunge. It was post-grunge. So the thing that had made them a famous label and made them a lot of money was gone. Right. They, you know, and it's kind of like, well, where do we go? What is our identity now? Um, and I was a little concerned about that, frankly, when, when, you know, they were soliciting this whole Were they the thing. only offer you had? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so that so, made the decision yeah. easier <laughs> for me. <laughs> and, um, and, but we met them and, and they actually had started signing some different things, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so like who else was on the label yeah, with you? I'm talking like Saint-Etienne had, uh -huh. had something. They, I remember um, them. Yeah. And in fact, Jesus and Mary Chain, yeah, did something with. Oh, this. really? So they were trying. They were branching out and like trying to find, you know, a path forward. Right. Um, and I think we were one of those experiments for that. Right. And and did you get to meet Jesus and Mary Chain? 
No, I didn't. Oh, really? To I, this I day? Know. No, I, 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 whatever. They, I, maybe I shouldn't even aspire to do that. Why? Well, I mean, they probably just would be like, "What? The no, what are you talking are you? about? You're, you're, you're a guy now, man. Yeah. You're I'm a guy. <laughs> yeah, you're a guy. <clears throat> the uh, all right. So you did how many albums with Sub Pop? We did three. All three, three of them, and this is the yeah. new one's the only one that isn't. Yeah, and the new one is uh, the Columbia slash Arl Apothecary. Arl Apothecary being the old label that I was when I was putting out those little things before we played with Modest Mouse and stuff. Right. You know, call in Darla Records and uh-huh. have them press the things and send them. Right. To me. So, well, basically, Arl Apothecary, which yeah. is my imprint. Yeah. I get to own the masters. In okay. This, in I this get it. Deal that we made with Columbia. Yeah. Columbia is the real record label. They're right. the ones doing the hard work. So Arl Apothecary is you. Yeah. Right. So they subsid. They're basically you. That's just a way for you to maintain the rights of your songs. Yeah, because right. that's a good deal. It's a good deal. Yeah, yeah. to be and the, the guy who's got the publishing. Right, right. Yeah, and mm-hmm. owns the masters, owns the actual recordings. Like it seems that in terms of of growing your sound, what were some of the challenges of making new records? Because I know you have you have a signature voice. You definitely have a, a all the music that I've heard that, that you guys have done definitely creates a sound environment. It's sort of like mm-hmm. for me, it's sort of like, hey, it's gray out, and I'm going to walk on the beach. You know, like you know, like it's yeah. very. But I like that because cool. uh, you know I come from like the the some of the bands that had an effect on me were Brian Eno. And certain Bowie records, but like Brian Eno stuff, definitely has that sense yeah. of like uh, a big like audio texture that kind of brings you to a place, right? So and are you conscious certain, of that? Uh, I try to be. You know, I, you're right. I think Brian Eno is really a genius at that. Like, you know, he, he sort of limits the palette somehow, yeah. and then it's, so everything feels like it's all in the same conversation. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, you try to be aware of that, and are you aware yeah. that you have the sound? Um, you, you know, it, there's a a lot of it that's uh, accidental. I think you know. I mean, you know, it's just maybe my the way my my aesthetic or something, and then maybe the sound of my voice and and things. But but yeah, I I I do I do I am conscious of trying to keep it sort of consistent on a record. Yeah, and yeah. do you work this with the same producer? No, um, we, it's been mixed up. So the first record, I just did all myself. Yeah, you know, in the yeah. bedroom. Yeah, the, the O inverted world, and then shoots too narrow. I did the a bulk of the recording, mm-hmm. and then went in with Phil Eck to mix. Yeah, but what really ended up being re-recording some of it and mixing with with Phil Eck. Yeah, so he kind of was in a producer sort yeah. of role with yeah. me for part of it. Uh, the the next one I did uh, worked a bunch with Phil Eck to record the drums and get and what's his resume? Um, well, he's done all kinds of stuff. Um, all the built to spill stuff was sort of his he came to fame yeah. doing that stuff. Yeah, and but now he's like Fleet Foxes. Uh huh. And you know he, he just does tons of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Big Band guy. of Horses. Yeah. Oh, Band of Horses. He's a really strong um, you producer are... in a traditional environment. You know. Uh-huh. Going to tape, right, and using you know no tricks, vintage reverbs and oh really yeah, not a lot of trickery because like I think Bandit Horses are sort of like I it was is a like in, in in sound style is a contemporary of yours in a in a way I yeah mean, you sound different but he seems mm-hmm. to be you know really about vocals and there's something right. about that that kind of oral feeling the, yeah. the sound feeling you uh-huh. get you like those guys I do. Yeah. You know them? I do know them, and they're really cool people, too. Um, but we used to know uh, some of those guys in a band called Carissa's Weird. Oh, really? Yeah. It was a while back. And 
it seems like that like it took a while for keyboards to come back yeah right <laughs> that, and not be like a total joke yeah right isn't that true <laughs> yeah. because i listen to yours and like and, and there's part of me that, that goes back to when i was a kid uh going to high school in the late 70s and 80s where right. you know you had those bands like you and when you listen to that stuff i can never figure out how they do it yeah and and it seemed like a, some sort of trick to use synthesizers mm-hmm. or keyboards right. but now like piano and keyboard seem to be like it's okay again. Yeah, we're good. Everything's opened up. Yeah, I think like that. You yeah, know? you're allowed to do a lot more than like what I was talking about back in the '90s when it was just kind of um, noise and and this understood thing that you were never to you know venture out of what was considered when, cool. When you first started working with a guy that did keyboards, I mean, what is your approach to that? I mean, you just sort of like, all right, see what you can do with this. Yeah, well, Greg is he—he he loves that those things, those old like vintage synthesizers and stuff. Oh yeah, and I think what I learned about them is that really they are—they're such highly um, sophisticated machines. Yeah, you know, the attention to detail that was put into every component of those—you know, like something like a string ensemble. Mm-hmm. Um, sequential circuits yeah. synthesizers and stuff yeah. they i mean that at the time was the most high tech sure you know they every uh, I remember going no into, expense I remember going things. into music stores and the guy would be like wait to hear this yeah you $20,000 yeah. for one of those things <laughs> yeah. that all it does is imitate strings yeah in a really cheesy to us sort of sounding way yeah but I think now I look at it as it's not a string imitation it's just Synthesized. It sound. is what it is. Yeah. That sound is actually something attractive in, in its own. Uh-huh. And, you know, so you look at it as a totally different well, instrument. Was there a fear though initially where it's like I don't want to sound like fucking sticks? You know? Right. <laughs> right. I hear you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, how do we make this cool? Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I, um, I had messed around a little bit with some of that '80s or seven late '70s sounding string stuff. Um, even on come sail away yeah come you're right right <laughs> totally <laughs> and I had I had messed around a little bit yeah. w- with that even on like shoots too narrow yeah and so I was I knew that it could be used in, in sort of a cool way where it was still musical and it wasn't a novelty thing right um, but it wasn't the, so, ironic right you know yeah. and, and then so when uh, Greg started messing around with it um, I wasn't afraid necessarily but the stuff he started doing with it just transformed the feel of the song in such a cool way. I mean, I think there were a few of the songs on this record that would have been a little bit, um, you kind of just really would have expected it from the shins. Okay. They're doing that thing again. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, you know, they're trying to do another new slang. Yeah. And he really kind of added something that, that, uh, gives it a, a new color or something. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, well, that was like my feeling when I heard the first records uh, that when I, when like, cause I'm a guy where it's like, um, someone says, you gotta listen to this band and I like fucking download everything and I just sit there and, and there was those buttons that were sort of pushed from my childhood. I'm like, they're using synthesizers. Yeah. What's, what's happening? Yeah. <laughs> is, are we <laughs> ready for that? To me? Yeah. What, are we ready for that to come back yet? Is it, <laughs> is it okay now? You guys are sort of championing. The, you're you're cutting a new path. Well, I mean, I don't know if I could take credit for it because there are bands who, there are bands who have done it as the sort of novelty thing, right? Well, that and really count. been like, we're going to do a synthesizer album. Yeah, you well, know? That's, but that's you know. and so they kind of maybe do that path cutting. Yeah, and so now we're allowed to add it as a part of the palette. Right, you know? right. We're not. We're doing this for real. It's not yeah, ironic. We're not right. trying to prove anything. This is an instrument. And I think it's cool. I mean, I really am. 
I'm happy about how things are musically now that you can, you can, you can do anything you want. Yeah. You because know? you can find your audience, you know, and people right. appreciate it. You know what I mean? Yeah. What do you, what are your crowds like? Are they like sad girls or the <laughs> <laughs> nervous guys? Hey, how's it going? I think we get a pretty big mix. We get a lot of older people actually. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. It I is. always feel like that means something that, that, that somehow they heard something like in my song. age or, um, you know, I mean, like 50, 60. older, like yeah. 50 and 60 year old people who are actually showing up to Shins shows, you know, wow. along with college kids and, uh -huh. and stuff. I mean, it's a pretty broad mix. I mean, I think there's certainly something about some of the songs that appeals to that, you know, maybe introverted person. Yeah. But there's other songs that we do that are just kind of rock and roll songs, you know, that it, it, you it, can kind of get into. You right. Know? Kind of rock out. I went to a Fountains of Wayne show uh -huh. and uh, there were families there. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's I mean, cool. It was, it, because there are certain bands that like they're they're not offensive. They've uh -huh. been around a long time, so like now all those kind of first wave, you know, um, uh, independent rock people are now my age. Yeah, so they got teenage got kids. kids. Jeez, so yeah. like it was sort of like, oh my god, there's families. There's like little families hanging out yeah. and singing Grooving. all the songs. Yeah, that's cool. It's sweet, right? Yeah, I don't see. Any, yeah, that's that's just awesome. So, I hope that that sort of stuff. We have seen some kids at our shows, you know. Yeah, but yeah, it's it must be great. Yeah. And what what's right, I've got kids myself. You so, do? You know, I, I, I would, I would How old? To, uh, two and four. Wow, Little girls, new ones, new newbies. How you doing with that? I'm doing good. We're doing great. I mean, we're we're happy. Yeah, you know, it's hard though. It's well, a challenge. how long are you on the road at any given stretch? We're trying to keep it down to three weeks. And if in we, a stretch, a yeah, few times a year, like three weeks away from the family would be the maximum, right? Um, and even on a few of those, what we're doing is bringing the, the family out. So my right. wife and kids are going to come out like, okay, we'll meet you in New York and mm -hmm. we'll hang out for three days in the, and in the, the kids get to see New York, get to see New York and get to see Papa, you know? Yeah. 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 Do that. And, uh, you know, both your folks are still around. Yeah, they are. And they dig the music or what? They love it. Man. Really? Yeah. They've got a big RV that they drive and they'll follow us and come to the shows and- The Colonel? My, yeah. Yeah. The Colonel and, and Alice. And my, and Burton will sort them out with a spot, you know, right there along the other buses and uh -huh. stuff. And, oh, really? Oh, man. We're barbecuing. It's fun. It's really cool. They're awesome people. You, you know? got siblings? Yeah. I got, I've got a bunch of siblings. You know, my, my, both my folks had previous marriages. Oh, really? Yeah. So I've got, got a bunch of half, two older uh, brothers, uh -huh. two older sisters, and one younger sister. What a trip. <laughs> so the two older brothers and sisters are from separate other marriages, and you've yeah, got right. a younger sister that's a full-on full, full -on younger sister? Mm-hmm. That's Bonnie. And they all they all dig what you're doing? Yeah, everybody's happy for me, you know? Yeah. They that's love right. it, you know? And it's like, not necessarily the type of music they'd, they'd listen to normally, maybe, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. But, but they love it because it's me, you know? And what do you, what do you think you brought from... Because, you know, I talk to a lot of creative people, you know? And uh, a lot of them are fucked up. <laughs> yeah sure and, and you seem pretty well adjusted i mean was what i can't imagine what it's like to really grow up in a, in a military environment i mean was did you like did you do well in school was there discipline did you ever like you know fuck you dad i'm leaving um i did okay in school i wasn't yeah. a, a terrific student um i was rebellious yeah uh you know and so 
I but, didn't respect the whole thing. I didn't really see what, you know, the big picture. Yeah. I was like, what, what is it we're trying to do here with me? Yeah. You know, <laughs> I just kind of, the whole time, which just you undercut. You got a plan because I, I don't know where you're going with yeah. this. Yeah. And it just undercut my enthusiasm about everything. <laughs> so you're kind of a gloomy kid? I, at times I definitely was. But then, you know, I think I found skateboarding and got into that and then found music sort of along with that. Yeah. And it was good. When did you write your first song? Uh, well, when I was really little, I was writing songs about my cousin who I had become infatuated with, Carrie. Really? Was it like <laughs> a heartache? Yeah, like, like these wistful, you know. Yeah? <laughs> that ever go anywhere? Uh, no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> How's she doing? My mom said no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. It's not right. And here are the reasons why. <laughs> yeah. Here are some pictures of deformities. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what your child's liver yeah, yeah, will look like. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. So I was always kind of one of those kids who was humming songs. and. But you were a heavy hearted kid. I mean, you're writing romantic songs. You know, yeah. You know, get infatuated uh, with girls early oh. on. Tor horrible crushes on girls constant you know? like just perpetual heartache <laughs> well, that, isn't that what it is though yeah. the, no absolutely because you, know, you don't know what to do about it and you just kind of yeah i mean i had that through have this all, stupid through high longing school. yeah yeah I mean, stupid yeah. longing oh yeah like where you, you just didn't know how to manifest what yeah. was necessary to make right. it happen so you just until you meet that one girl who knows right right and you're like thank <laughs> god you came because i was yeah. in trouble yeah <laughs> you saved me I remember that, that sort of obsessive infatuation and you'd build uh -huh. these pictures in your head yeah. about like how it would be. Like they just became a vibration more than a person. Yeah. Like, you know, like, oh, there she is. Oh, no. Yeah. I made such a fucking ass out of myself so much. Awesome. Yeah. The, yeah, Too with, much cologne. Yeah, anything. Like anything. Like, <laughs> yeah. And always stumbling through that first encounter where it's just like coincidental, but you've been planning it your whole life and you just kind yeah. of like fuck it up. Yeah. And they uh -huh. look at you like, what's Because all that energy of your infatuation is coming uh -huh. to this moment. And 90% of the time, they don't even know who the fuck you yeah. are while you're looking at him weird and why you're like blah, 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 blah. yeah 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 and, and, it's, and it's you're set to you're doomed you're doomed yeah i remember the drinking was the only way that oh yeah that's always was more ever. appealing hey what's yeah. up and then yeah. hopefully they're drunk and you yeah, can just yeah, yeah. fall on them or yeah something. yeah and it'll work out our tongues are meeting <laughs> it worked yeah well so uh, but your your songs are like i don't understand a lot about songwriting because like like, how do you know you have a song? I mean, what what do you shoot? What do you focus on? Do you focus on hooks or feelings or like? I mean, because like a good song needs to kind of define itself in the mind of the listener. You can't be too. You're not writing ballads. You're not writing folk songs. Hmm. I mean, like the the poetics of it. I mean, is, where does it come from for you? Is it where are you just fucking around with words? Or do you have you know? Is there a feeling? Do you have a, a moment where you're like, oh, that's a weird building, uh, and then you do it, or do you not have a system at all? Um. Well, I mean, the the typical thing that I'm doing is sitting down with the guitar and just looking for that moment where something sounds cool. You know, right. putting chords together and so the chords come first. I mean, they they kind of come along with with a melody. Yeah, it it depends though. Sometimes you'll be playing and oh, that's just a cool chord progression. Yeah, and, right. And I can't think of anything to sing over it, right. so I just record that. Right. I'll just record it like that's just cool. To archive that. it. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm doing that sort of stuff regularly yeah you know through right. almost every day there's some moment when i'm playing the guitar and just looking for something new yeah and so i save up a bunch of those little ideas and 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 um and then when it comes time to really get serious about trying to turn something into a song i'll take my favorite of those and think okay how can we do go from this cool part and into another cool part and find a chorus for this yeah know? 
it's just sort of building like that. And you, sometimes you just have fragments all over the place. Yeah. And, and like you have a fragment of music, maybe a fragment of lyrics, and then yeah. like you sort of build it out from there. Yeah, there's any number of ways. So the poetry is not, because I've talked to, like I talked to Nick Lowe about this, because I, I tend to make assumptions about people. Like I assume mm. that, you know, everything they write about is something they're experiencing. It's directly related to their life. But a lot right. of times, you know, the job of a songwriter is to write a song. It's a it's a yeah. craft. It's a, you don't have to sit there and go, I'm sad. Yeah. <laughs> So right, you're not sad all the time, and no, and, and not existentially despairing in any way. Right, and the, uh, I mean, what I do is I I finish, I get the music mm-hmm. and and sort of melody and stuff to a point where I think um, it's fairly close to done, and then I listen to it and I kind of think, well, what what is this uh, melody? Why would this exist? You know, right. is it what is it a sad thing? What is it? Oh, really? And, yeah, you know, and think about like try and sort of articulate what the music is already saying yeah and do you do you have those moments where you're like fuck i can't figure out what oh, where does yeah. this go now yeah and then those you know and sometimes that goes on for years just oh really to, yeah so How some of the stuff on this record even yeah. was around um <laughs> 10 years ago <laughs> really yeah like which song on the new record the new record is port of morrow right That's um it. yeah it, you, your your titles are really good too oh cool <laughs> 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 well, wincing right. the night away i can get shoots too narrow i can get that Oh, inverted world! I get that. Port of Morrow. Port that's, of Morrow. That's a little. That's a little sticksy. There's a uh, yeah. There's funny you say that. <laughs> really? Yeah, because I there's a sign on the side of the road as you're heading back into Oregon from from tour. Yeah, and it just says Port of Morrow. You know, this way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just always wondered about it. Thought it was kind of an evocative sound. It's yeah, like it's kind of poetic sound. Yeah, yeah, there. definitely. Um. And I thought, like, the river sticks. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, so maybe this is the port, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get a, and then off you go. You're done. Yeah, you're, yeah Goodbye. That's See you later. So, it, and so it, in the song Port of Morrow, it, that's the, it sort of that's symbolizes right. death, I guess, uh-huh. at the end. Now, you say that, like, I guess. You know, like, it symbolizes death. Like, do you write well, things and go, like, hey, this kind of. Sometimes, you yeah. know, <laughs> you're like, I don't, you know, it. Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, I just kind of listed these things: Ace of Spades, Port of Morrow, uh-huh. Life is Death is Life. So yeah, it's in that vein. It's like the dark things. Uh huh. Yeah. But you seem so chipper. I like it. <laughs> well, so, <laughs> gotta keep the smile going. <laughs> the darkness will find you eventually. That's right. It, it doesn't end well for anybody. Yeah. When you play, like I can't imagine. Like I played recently. I play guitar. I don't play in public much, and I play recently, and it, it's very frightening to me. And it's, it's a, yeah. to me, there's like a lot of people think like, well, you do stand up. How can anything be more frightening than that? Because I think singing and, and performing music is so much more vulnerable, really. Huh. Like that, your heart and what you're sort of putting out there. Like to, for me to sing, you know, I, it, it's so terrifying because to me, it's like, it's so pure. Mm. I mean, did you, do you, when you're on stage in front of thousands of people, do you feel like a rush, like when you hit a high note, which you're extremely capable of doing, and you just hear fans like, ah, I mean, do you, I mean, I can't imagine the buzz of that. That's not really a Some, question. Well, but yeah. I, I, or are you more sort of like, oh, I missed it. I didn't hit it right. I didn't. It depends. I mean, yeah. if, I, if I feel like that, then I probably missed it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, but there are moments when I, I, you feel this, uh, you kind of get the, shivers or something like yeah, you yeah. feel like you're actually communicating something for a second and it's being effective and, right, and right, that's right. a cool feeling one mind like you know you and I the guess, audience yeah, and like sort of like we're because there. you're not really just having a conversation you're yeah. like doing this thing and and uh 
sometimes you really can feel like they're getting it. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. It's yeah. happening. That yeah. they're they're pleased by this. Yeah, yeah. Performance. Right. Oh, that's good, man. It is good. It's like the the love all around. You wouldn't have had that if you stayed in a punk band. I guess not. If you'd stayed fuzzy. Well, yeah. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> I think that your 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 music is very evocative. Uh, how did the uh, relationship with Danger Mouse happen now that we're back to the right mouse right. that I had in mind to begin with? And yeah, no, yeah. no disrespect to Modest Mouse. I'll, of course not, yeah. I'll be obsessively listening to Modest Mouse because I knew they were around, but I just I had Danger Mouse on my mind because I was just listening to Broken Bells. Yeah. And was that because there, there's something that I noticed in just listening to it was that there is a, a because, not 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 to categorize anybody, but there is more of an R&B element to yeah. it. And, and, and is that getting back to Wilson Pickett for you? Um, in a way, I guess, yeah, yeah, and to a certain extent. And I think like my singing, the note choices and stuff, I get a little bit more of the blues scale mm -hmm. going. Um, and that's because Brian and I both love that stuff. Yeah. We love that old R&B. It's great. Yeah. That and like psychedelic rock from the 60s and stuff too. Yeah. And how'd you uh, get in cahoots with him? Um, well, I first met him in Copenhagen at a festival. Mm -hmm. um, he was a Shins fan and he like snuck backstage basically and, and, uh, and came and said hi. And then we just kind of cruised around checking out all the bands we went and saw morrissey performing and, and were you stuff. a big smiths fan yeah in high school were I liked, you I liked oh really stuff yeah yeah did you have the haircut and stuff and no okay <laughs> i had sort of like a flat top oh really <laughs> for a lot of high school oh really because your dad was like go to my barber well it was i mean it, it was kind of because uh it was kind of new wave or something. I don't know oh, what really? I was trying to do. It, it, yeah, wasn't, yeah. it wasn't very cool, actually, looking back. But <laughs> um, So we met and hung out, and we uh, got along well, and just it was a really fun night. And then we ended up going to a bar, all of us, the whole band and Brian. Um, and uh, the next time I saw him was in England. Uh, he was working on some stuff and showed me – I think he was working on the, um, the gorillas thing and showed uh -huh. me a bit of that. And he had had the the success. No, he had not done Gnarls yet. I think still. Anyway, he we just Did ran into each that, other. Like, what, that, like the the gray album, it's called, right? The, yeah, he had done. The, yeah, and that was the thing he had done that we knew about when we first met him. Yeah, I mean, because that thing that must have sort of rocked your world. I mean, because that thing yeah. is inspired. And right. It's it's bad, you know because and it's Beatles. It's Beatles, you know? but in but the black album too was like that. That album is fucking awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah. And and for him to to sort of conceptualize that and then mm -hmm. execute it, I mean, he he always strikes me as sort of a wizard of some kind. Like he's definitely got this like weird savant like presence to me. Well, when you see him work uh, creating beats, uh, it is like watching somebody like where you can't tell exactly what he's doing because he's going so fast yeah. he's so adept yeah. at it yeah it's like watching somebody who's just really mastered something uh -huh. it's kind of cool so he's and like that. what did you bring to that uh, to that project did you bring melodies did you bring your guitar i mean how did that work because i mean he's sort of a solitary unit right yeah, he can do all kinds of stuff yeah. um the first day i i just showed up i didn't bring a guitar or anything because he's got tons of gear and stuff so i knew that we we would have plenty of instruments um, so I just showed up and, and we started creating stuff on the fly mm -hmm. and that's how it went consistently, consistently after that, we just would show up with nothing planned, 
pick up instruments, try and figure out if we ever got anything cool. It'd be like, okay, record it. Yeah. Let's get that. And yeah. Then, and let's loop it and we'll start listening to it and think about what's next. What could we add? What could we... So it was all sort of improvised in a way. Yeah. And really fast and, and fun and like, you know, really collaborative. Like we're both thinking like, you know, ideas all the time. And, and it really goes fast. And he produced it? And he produced it. And now are you going to, you're going to work with him again or no? Yeah, we're doing another record. And we've got other songs that we've worked on, so hopefully some of those will end up on the next record. Do the shins get mad at you when you run around and Well, I mean <laughs> I'm I'm I've really kind of set myself up in, in a situation where I'm allowed to do all those things. You know, I can legally or with those guys. Well just well just I what I've what I've done basically is everybody understands that I'm I'm going to be the shins and I'll bring, you know, people in as as I need them and yeah. you know when there's a song that needs, you know, something uh, you know that somebody like Dave Hernandez, you know, can can do something on, you know, I'll I'll call him and he's, you know, and he's the go-to guy when you need that certain thing because so the you can't really get it anywhere a, else, you know. It's sort of amoebic in the way that like yeah. it's not it's like It's more I mean I think of it kind of like as a, as a collective in a way. Yeah. It's like I'm going to be writing songs and I need help making them, fleshing them out. So it's and, not like, you know, you guys live together and it's not the Beatles, really. Right, it, it's, right. It, it's more of a sort of like, what do right, you guys do? It was doing? never like that. Right. You know? So that that's probably a lot of uh, personality pressure off of you in the sense that, like, if everyone understands that, like, we were going on the road and, and right. then, like, you don't, you know, you don't hate each other and fucking... Exactly, and everybody is is free to do their projects, which everybody does have other projects. You know, and they're all cool with that. I'm, you know, I I I think so. <laughs> yeah, I think it's working. I think it's working out. And there's no big uh, sort of juicy drugs and alcohol problems, and no insanity, and no, not, not really, not not yet. <laughs> I, th- I think things it's are going okay. There's always time. Yeah, well, <laughs> I suppose. No, I mean everybody yeah. seems healthy. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Do you work with bands now? Who's opening for you usually? Um, it's it's uh, d- you know, it depends. We're kind of sorting that out right now. Uh-huh. We've played with a lot of bands. Um, and how do you make Richard those Swift was a guy who opened up for us, and now he's playing in the Shins. Well, that worked out for him. Yeah, he's well, another one with the Shins man. business card. Yeah, right. <laughs> there you go. And who? Well, how do you decide on bands? Just what's going to complement? Um, there's a lot of things that go right. into that. You know, sometimes it's the the promoter, the local promoter, right. would really be like, "Got a guy." You know, we got it. You, you really should have this band because they're they're going to fill some seats and right. uh, and they kind of fit with you guys. Right. And sometimes it's just, "I really love this band. I really want to ask them to play with us because right. I want to get to know these people." Have um, you had moments where you were able to play with people or work with people that you? respected like in, in the sense sort of like, i can't believe i'm fucking doing yeah. this like yeah oh outside of like danger mouse i mean are there people that were you like, i just sang on an amy mann song oh she's great she was yeah. down the street she's really cool too yeah yeah she's uh, she's something so yeah, that was really cool so i sing sang like a, a duet like a proper duet uh-huh on her, her new record or i don't know if it's gonna i hope it is yeah i hope so it's and cool she, she i love seek it you out um, yeah, they, they called and asked me to come down and, and do it. And I practiced, I rehearsed the song and stuff and went in there and, and did it. Yeah. She's great. I haven't seen her in a while. She's got a cool, I mean, I just love her, um, attitude. I yeah. Guess. Yeah. Yeah. She, she's I remember cool. her when I lived in Boston when, uh, till Tuesday was around and I used oh, to really? see her wandering around the streets with her hair. Yeah. She's been around a long time. Pretty lady. Yeah. So what do you want to do? Do you want to sing a song or no? 
Sure, I could sing something. Do you have a song in mind? Or? Well, I, I'd like you to do, um, I, I heard you have an acoustic version of the single off the new one. You want yeah. to do that? Yeah. Want to give it a shot? Yeah. Well, this is just a simple song To say what you done I told you about all those fears And the way they did run You sure must be strong And you feel like an ocean Made warm by the sun was just nine years old I swear that I drowned Your face on a football field And a kiss that I kept Under my vest Apart from everything But the heart in my chest I know that things can really get rough when you go it alone. Don't go thinking you gotta be tough, play like a stone. Could be there's nothing else in our lives so critical as this little home. on a cliff You brought me a great big flood And you gave me a lift Girl, what a gift You tell me with your tongue And your breath goes in my lungs And we float over the rift I know that things can really get rough When you go it alone so don't go thinking you gotta be tough Play like a stone It could be there's nothing else in our lives So critical As this little song to say what you done I told you about all those fears and the way they did run you sure must be strong and you feel like an ocean made warm by the sun Walking a mile to your house Glow in the dark I made a fumbling play for your heart And the axe struck a spark You wore a charm and the chain that I stole Is special for you Love's such a delicate thing that we do with nothing to prove 
which I never knew. James Mercer, thank you. Thank you, man. That was cool. awesome. All right. You feel good about it? Yeah. It was great, man. Thank you. Well, good luck with everything. Hey, thank you. That's our show, folks. I hope you dug it. Uh, I like talking to musicians, and we certainly had a lot in common. Well, we grew up in the similar place, and we both play an instrument, him very well, me badly. But nonetheless, it was a, it was a thrill talking to James Mercer. There are more musicians coming up on WTF, but this Thursday, we got the uh, the amazing tour that is Bob Zamuda, Andy Kaufman's uh, right-hand man and partner in crime. And man, can he tell Kaufman stories. So if you want Kaufman stories, I don't know how you feel about Zamuda, but you'll get Kaufman stories. Go to WTFPod.com for all your WTF pod needs. Check the calendar out. Get on the mailing list. Get the app. Get information about this or that. Uh, get uh, a link to the new DVD with the first 100 episodes on MP3. The last day. This today is the last day. You can pre-order it. Wow, look out. I just shit my pants. I did. I swear. Just coffee.coop. Available at WTFpod.com. Man, is that it? Is that it? Jesus Christ. I wish I could get Boomer in here so you he could hear his new meow. The new improved Boomer meow. I'm going to go see the Hunger Games with Jessica. And you know what? I don't know anything about the Hunger Games. You know why? Because I'm a grown man. Yeah. That's why. My voice still sound bad.